This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Look, guys, still the holiday weeks. Work to be done. Two for Tuesday. It's going to get, you know, obviously got a little flipped up here. You can get tw- you got Twitter Tuesday with Pete already. Uh, you know, John, look, you know, try to accommodate here. Everybody's got things going on holiday-wise. So second part of the tw- the twin bill of Twitter, uh, of the two for Tuesday, your PFF night. Your host, Jeff Lloyd from PFF, John Costco, your local experts on the biggest stories for your daily delivery of all things dog-bound. Um, there's one we're going to get to, John. We'll save that for a bit. There's one we're going to get to here, and we'll have a nice little good time with that. Um, but overall, John, just the feeling of the game. Look, the first half, look, they did all they could. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, Rocky versus Drago, that type of thing. For 28 minutes, they hung with all they had. And no scoring, nothing aside. Then all of a sudden, again, you get this head coach feeling his oats and all of a sudden thinks he knows things that and how to do it and deviates from the norm. And, I mean, by the time you got up and took a bite from a sandwich, got a fresh drink out of the fridge, holy crap, it's 14-6 in a blink of an eye. Yeah, um, it's obviously frustrating to watch because they were even talking about it on the broadcast where basically you have the ball and Ravens don't have any timeouts and, you know, you're getting close to the two-minute warning and you're they're talking about, hey, you know, got to do things to keep the ball out of, out of Lamar Jackson's hands. You know, you can go into the half and not let them have the ball back. Uh, and they did everything in their possible power to obviously give the ball back to Lamar um, you know, and, and they just, they, I mean, you could have gone, you could have gone in with that third and one play. That was a disaster after the two, two minute warning, had they played out the clock properly, they didn't do that. Uh, and then you have that third and one play, which was a disaster, um, which forces you to punt it away. And then your, your defense basically plays, play like it did, you know, uh, the offense did in that drive and the 60, so, you know, subsequent drives. So it was obviously frustrating. Um, then you just turn around and three straight incompletions in 20 seconds or whatever it was and give it right back to them. And they drove right down the field again. Um, this shows you, you know, they, they had them, you know, essentially right where they wanted them and they blew it. And that's where coaching, good coaching, you know, John Harbaugh, He's been a fantastic coach this year, probably coach of the year. Um, and reason why they're, you know, going to be, you know, they're 13 and two, possibly 14 and two going into the playoffs. And the Browns are, you know, six and nine on the outside looking in and, and coaching plays a large part in that. And, you know, <clears throat> the bounces were going the Browns way in the first half and up until that point, and you, you can create your own luck and they definitely did not do that. And, Obviously, you can place that blame a lot, pretty squarely on, on Freddie Kitchen's shoulders. Obviously, you need to be able to execute and stuff like that, and you expect your defense to be able to make some stops, but you're not going to be able to stop Lamar Jackson all game long. That's just a given. Um, and so you got to do what you can to keep the ball out of his hands. This was no different, and this is what I we, we had talked about on the postgame show, and, and people were trying to, oh, well, and first things first, when we're talking about a first-time head coach, the defense should be, you know, well, look, yeah, he's being extremely conservative. Look, you know, he's a first-time head coach. You know, he doesn't know what he doesn't know yet. 
that's where I come in with the, you know, thinking you're the smartest guy in the room. It's, you know, I'd rather have to defend the fact that he's too conservative with some things as opposed to, you know, dude, you're like, you're in the wild, wild west. Nobody understands or makes any rhyme or reason what you're doing. And the, the first one, look, you know, okay, the third one call as pitiful it was. And then to say that, oh, well, the attempt was to throw it and well, I, I got news for you. If Harris really thought he was a viable pass off, I mean, like he just kind of got into the safety and there was nothing there anyway whatsoever. And then, oh, well, Kareem didn't throw it. Well, there were three guys dragging him to the ground. Thank God he didn't throw it because who knows how that would have worked out. But, you know, you also had the league's leading rusher, which would have been an option there. So, so it, like, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. Keep going. I just interrupted you. Sorry. No, so, but it was that. And then, but then you doubled down on it, you know, after, look, the busted coverage, the Andrews touchdown, look, it is what it is. Okay, so you have a chance here. You control your own destiny if you're getting to halftime at seven, at seven six. How do you look? I understand, hey, maybe let's not just punt this away. Is there a chance for points? Go four wide, run that outside zone with Nick, which has been the key to this entire season. He gets you 15, 20 yards. Okay, you're in business. Things change now. But, you know, and this is what we talked about, whether it was throwing the ball, all right, three, we, we tried to complete a four-yard completion. Didn't work. Let's try a 12-yard completion. That didn't work. Let's try a 15-yard completion. That didn't work. Like, he just gets so ahead of himself. And it's not like it's Madden, for God's sakes, where a minute and a half you're going to run 17 plays. It, it, it It's just so far from any semblance of knowing what the hell a head coach is. And this was the Seattle game all over again. It was, oh, well, we we wanted to score. Then we wanted to give them the ball and shut them down. And then we want to score again. No. Quarterbacks of Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson's ilk, the best friend for you is them sitting on the bench watching, not finding a way to get the ball to them as soon as you possibly can again. Yeah, you have to understand, like as a head coach, you have to understand – your team and your team the entire season has failed to execute a large, you know, on a consistent basis for pretty much the entire season. The one consistent thing of this team is that they are inconsistent in their execution. So you can't like, I get, if you have a team like, like the Ravens or you have Russell Wilson, you know, calling, you know, back there or, or just like, you know, Tom Brady and not this year, but pretty much every other year, if you have those types of guys and you have an offense that's clicking, even the Browns in the second half of last year, if you have that offense that's clicking and executing, I understand being aggressive. Like you can do that because you understand your team being that, that you can, you can trust them to make the plays. But at this point, like there's, there's no trust that you can say, Hey, they're going to be able to execute these plays and, and run this clock. Um, and there's a big reason why coaches often call draws and screens just open up uh, the, you know, the, the two minute drill is because they want the clock to start moving and to see what kind of, you know, yardage they can get on that play and to see if how aggressive they can be. They don't, they don't come out of the gates firing on all cylinders to try to, you know, create that uh, aggressiveness right away. They, they ease into those two minute drill, drills. Oftentimes that's what teams do. You, you, you go, go look at the the start of a two minute drill for any team across the NFL in any game. And that's what they're doing is that they, they, they have a, a trend center a rhythm starter of a play and the Browns don't seem to have that. And you have to also understand the, what the team is and they're not a team that can properly execute on a consistent basis. So yeah, it's just obviously every, lots of different things go wrong and 
mainly it's just having you need to have the pulse of the team, and he clearly doesn't have that. No, no way whatsoever. We'll get to some player grades here and obviously a little bit more. There's a little debate we're gonna have. Uh your PFF uh PFF Mondays, John Costco, Jeff Lloyd on locked on Browns. Uh, the folks over at Casper, uh, the original Casper mattress can t- uh, combines multiple supportive memory foams for quality sleep surface with a correct amount of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards uh, select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL and using the promo code locked NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions may apply. Uh, if you can't visit Casper right now, if you're behind the wheel of the car, don't do that. Uh, check out this and all the other offers from our Lockdown sponsors at LockdownPodcast.com slash offers. John, um, offensively, you know, and look, you know, and credit to Baltimore. What it, what should be your game plan if you were facing the Cleveland Browns right now? It's take away the beast and it's take away Nick Chubb. They did their best to do that, and obviously the rest of the skill, it's its maybe Odell, it's maybe Jarvis, it's maybe getting something from the tight ends, but Baltimore was smart in that respect. Uh, grade-wise, you know, I know Joel Batonio, obviously that's out there, graded well. Anything else really even come to surface as being sort of promising? Yeah, I mean the offensive line for uh, outside of Chris Hubbard played really well. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was really nice to see him again. <laughs> right, no kidding, right? So, but like you know, it's it's what's encouraging in terms of, is the offensive line in the past. You know, ha- the last, second half of the season has been you know really solid. Uh, Batonio eighty five point nine overall grade. Uh, Greg Robinson had a, had a good game at seventy one point four. J C Treader was excellent in pass protection, 80.3. Wyatt Teller was an 89.7 in pass protection as well. So, like, they, you know, four-fifths of the offensive line, especially in the pass game, did what you needed them to do to be able to protect Baker. Um, But, uh, you know. Which is impressive because this is a team that blitzes more than they have natural pass rush. Yeah, they they absolutely, you know, bring the house all the time. And I guess the discouraging part of that is that, you know, Baker wasn't, terrible but again wasn't good enough from a clean pocket and he had a lot of clean pockets um obviously he was he was hurt by um you know he had a drop by ratley or the bobble or whatever it was there's an uh you know there's a couple of deep shots that he had you know on target that were dropped but like again why are you throwing it to a ratley or a ricky seals jones when you should try to single up like obj and that's another you know, who I don't know why they're why they're doing that. That pla- that pass to Ratley, you had OBJ running a fade on the other side of the, the field, and he was he had the guy beat by three or four steps. So, you know, it's I know you you asked for positive things, and I guess the offensive line was the positive for takeaway from this for me. And you know, you talked about uh, taking away Nick Chubb, um, like it taking away Nick Chubb wouldn't matter if the passing game could execute, you know, and, and it just doesn't. So you take away the thing that the Browns do well and you force Baker to, to throw the ball, which is unfortunate because if you say this last year, you, you try to take away the pass and you let them run because, um, you know, that's what's going to hurt. That's the pass game is what hurts you most. Uh, but unfortunately for the Browns right now, ba- you know, it's not clicking on the, on the passing game. Uh, you know, Baker continues to, 
to miss on on too many throws and not consistent enough. And this is well, look, I mean, with anything with the offensive line, here's a good thing: you're filling a hole. Wyatt Teller, look, this continues to trend positive. Um, you think you have at least you know one piece of the puzzle. And Kendall Lamb, look, you know, you're probably going to keep him around because if you're going to go heavy on left tackle, you probably can't go as heavy on right tackle. So you you know you have a bridge perhaps, whatever. That's great, though. I mean, you're getting somewhere there. Um, and here's the thing, and they met, they brought it in the broadcast yesterday. Um, could you imagine, you know, the way this got assembled and you brought in, you know, now Odell to match Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb is most likely going to lead the NFL in rushing. Not what anybody foresaw, not what anybody would have, you know, maybe it would have been, oh, well, maybe, you know, already oh, he did really great in the fourth quarter to close out games. Not the way it's works. And that's the weird part about it. Flipping it up defensively. And, and it wasn't a surprise to see Greedy Williams got a pretty good grade because we didn't really hear his name much. And and that's usually a, you know, a good thing because when we've heard Greedy Williams' name, it's been because it wasn't the best of days. And if anybody probably needed a, you know, a, a, a check to a box of a good game, it certainly was Greedy Williams. Oh yeah, absolutely. And what the the positive thing I guess you can take away from the defensive side of the ball is Greedy and Denzel were the top two graded defenders. So not only did Greedy have a good game, but Denzel had a good game as well. Um his grade was just a step below Greedy's at seventy one point seven. So um yeah, yeah, exactly. When when you don't hear the name very often and, and the only time you do hear it is because he was in close coverage on on a on a you know a deep out or a deep uh, uh go ball. Um, that's always a positive thing. And so, uh, you know, he was targeted three times, only gave up two catches for 15 yards. So basically a, a really good day. Naturally, though, like, you know, as you know, that the Lamar was targeting uh, running backs and tight ends quite frequently in that game. Uh, so it's not like they were, were tested often, but at least if Lamar was looking their way, uh, he, he was keeping it locked down as well as, uh, as Denzel Ward, too. So, yeah, coming off of, you know, a string of pretty poor performances. It was a good bounce back game for uh, Greedy Williams, especially against a speedster and, you know, having a Marquise Brown like that. So uh, is able to, um, you know, maybe put together another strong game next week and have some, you know, uh, positive feelings going into the off season. Um, No, here's one thing. And we're just going to do this Ravens wise here. And this is where, they're really potentially dangerous in the playoffs is because they can feast on this tight end running game and then running backs in the passing game that plays anywhere. Um, you know, whatever may happen weather wise, you know, Lamar's always going to have his legs. This is what makes them really dangerous. Look, the Super Bowl, obviously, whatever it may be played, potentially whatever, you know, warmer weather, but this plays really well in January um, and then there's always the threat of, you know, Hollywood Brown deep or Boykin, you know, on a circus catch. It's it, a lot of this is shaping up really well for Baltimore. Of course, the ultimate thing would be, could you maybe outscore a Kansas City? But this team shows really well, especially with all the additions on defense. Baltimore looks really well going into this AFC playoff picture. Yeah, they definitely do. And it's you. I think the way to stop them is actually to try to take away Mark Andrews um, because he opens up the middle of that field for them, which then opens up the running game for them. 
because if you're if he's getting open in middle field then you're committing defenders to him and then that paves ways that just opens up the, the defenders are no longer in the middle of the field to try to you know uh, spy on Lamar and Lamar has then much more open field to work with in terms of running or just throwing it to crossers underneath so I think that's the key is is, is when you have a, a really good tight end like that uh, you're able to target him frequently and he's obviously productive like like Mark Andrews is it really opens up the rest of your your passing attack um and obviously Lamar with his legs, it's just that much more dangerous. And so, yeah, this is a team that obviously he's, they're our number one ranked power team, you know, in our power rankings uh, going into the playoffs, they're obviously going to have home field advantage. Um, I think really the only team that's going to be able to compete with them in the playoffs will be the chiefs. Uh, you never count out the Patriots mainly because they have, you know, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and that defense is that good, even though that, you know, the, the one time that they played each other, it was a thing. I mean, they got off to a 17 nothing start, and then it was pretty much over by then. You're, you're playing from behind in, a, in an offense like the top Patriots have. Uh, they're not clicking, so they're not going to be able to make that up. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be – they're going to be obviously a very tough out. Now that they have home field advantage, uh, it's just going to be that much more difficult for them. For other teams. Well, and the one thing you always worry about is where Bill's seen you once – and now Bill's going to get to see it twice. Yeah. And, you know, whole other way to throw the kitchen sink at it. Um, Sioni Takitaki, we finally got to see, like, a really extended amount. And, you know, and that was the impressive part of that first half. It was, you know, they they gave all they had, and, and they committed to it. Um, so Sioni Takitaki, I believe it was, you know, I know it was more than half the reps. thing was closer to, like, 36, 37. Um Look, you know my linebacker stance here, but and he can't just. We're not going to base anything off of one game here, but Sioni Taki Taki. Let's see here, and maybe is it time to you know maybe this big nickel? You just don't have enough guys anymore, Steve Wilkes. Let, let's just finish this out. Let's see some four three. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think we want to see. You know, I've been I've been clamoring to see more of uh, Taki Taki because he had been playing well in recent weeks, and uh, he. The linebackers in this game struggled very – I mean, pretty much everyone in the defense struggled. But, um, you know, yeah, it was 36 snaps. He did start the game. Um, but it's good to get that, that you know, that action in there for him. Uh, he obviously missed the one tackle, which everybody knows where Lamar was completely faked him out. But it's not like he's the first player to, to get look foolish against Lamar Jackson. That so. list is going to get very long. Yeah, so it's, you know – Obviously, he had the one bad play like that, and his overall grade kind of does suffer from that. As he got a forty point six, so it's not great. But like, it wasn't, it wasn't look like he looked out of place there outside that one play, in my opinion. Um, and you're talking small sample sizes of just single games. He didn't make many plays. To you know, he had a couple of stops, but you know, he he didn't make any plays in the pass game. Uh, or get any pressure when he was rushing the pass, which was one time. So it's not like. It's not like he didn't have many opportunities to really boost his grade, um, I would say. And if you make a couple of mistakes, it's going to take your grade down, especially having a, a missed tackle like that. But I mean, I think he's a guy that we need to see next week just to see what more what you have in him against maybe a more traditional offense and see what he looks like, because he is a guy that I really like coming out of college. And so I think he's he's a guy that you want to get more film on just to to see what you have there. Well, it's actually kind of funny because we were talking, you know, the Browns don't have the draft capital they've had in recent years. And 
they may have more holes now than they did then in the last couple of years. So however that works out. It's shocking, huh? (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, We're going to get to a little bit more here with John Costco on PFF night on Locked on Browns. Um, Guys, I'll tell you all about the time, all the time about the folks over at Zabo Apparel. Um, They've been really good to me. I've been good to them. You know, we kind of work in unison, but uh, you know, talk about a former veteran, two kids in the service currently, they put out a great product, you know, the t-shirts, you know, uh, the hoodies, hats, uh, huge fans of them, uh, the, the product they put out. Um, you need things, you need Browns gear. And this is what I love about you. Nobody is, you know, the fly-by-nighters, yeah, you want to jet out, that's fine. The diehards, nobody's leaving the Brown fandom. You need stuff, you need apparel. Check out the fine folks over at Zabo Apparel. John, this is where we're going to kick it off here. And... Flow of the game and team-wise. The two-point, look, um, you're there. And it's, look, it is, it's 24, 20, I'm sorry, 24-15. And it took you five shots from the one. Took you five shots. And this was where the interesting thing about this game is they actually got, I I don't want to say help, but they got the calls they kind of deserved. You know, we haven't seen a lot of flags go the Browns way. So you get that, boom. Now, finally, you get in the end zone. It's 24-15, eight minutes and maybe change to go. And Freddie decides to go for two. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? <laughs> Here is – all right, shall I go first? I will go first. Here is my issue with it. It's 24-15. to 15. Um, It's taken you this long to get 15 points. Mm -hmm. Um, it took you five tries to score from the one. So you've pretty much showed your hand. Look, we know Freddie ain't got much more else in. He doesn't have much more else in the game plan. It took him five plays to score from the one. So everything he thought would work from there, he's already gone with. My issue is, though, is you're looking at your defense. They are undermanned. They are now beat down. So how do I rally them? Okay, if it's if we're down eight, I can at least get with the defense and say, guys, one stop, and we got a chance to tie this game. One stop. It's all we need. If I don't get the two-point conversion, every player on that Browns team knows it's over. There's no way this defense is going to be able to stop them twice. There's no way this offense is going to be able to put together two scoring drives twice. That's my issue. My issue is, is you're asking for one drive from your defense. You're asking for one drive from your offense. If you don't get it, you're now asking both sides of the ball to do it twice. So do you want more information sooner or do you want it later when you're basically having a two-minute drive down eight and needing to make the two-point conversion, say, under a minute left in the game and then not getting it and then having to make an onside kick so you want the information sooner rather than later and if you if your your team's psyche plummets because you've missed on a two-point conversion with you know eight eight some minutes left in a game you failed as a coach like you should you should be able that should not you know wreck the psyche of your team well, you, you should be able to begin with so. i get that i get that but like like the you want to have the information sooner because a, if you don't make it, then you need to be kicking the onside kick 
right after this, which he then failed to do, but because you need basically need possessions, you need two possessions, but knowing that you need two possessions now, that's my thing though, but you need four because then you need the defense to stop them twice and you need the offense to score twice. Okay. But you need, you need, you have the two possession game, but if let's say you you miss the two point conversion after you've kicked the extra point, you're now down, you know, you're still down two points with maybe under a minute to go because you haven't planned for it. Cause you've what, for whatever reason you planned to, to drag it on and let, you know, you wanted to have more, you know, not much time on the clock that Lamar could drive down and score after you've, you've tied it up or whatever. Right. So if you have that information now, you kick, you, you go for the two point conversion. If you fail it, you understand, Hey, we need the ball twice to be able to win this game. So by doing that, you, you should have kicked the, the onside kick to try to get the ball back. Um, but okay. Like, but uh, all right. Of these three scenarios, what's the easiest one? Well, I mean, now where the, the extra point is, but what is the most likely that can happen? You, you make the extra point, the two point conversion or succeeding on the onside kick. Well, I mean, you, succeeding on the onside kick is the least likely op, uh, option to, to make it. That's not the point though. You need to have that information. You need to know what, how the plan of attack is going to be in the next eight minutes as soon as possible. If you kick that extra point, you, you think you have, a, you have a one possession game, right? You get the ball back. You drive the length of the field. Maybe you don't get the ball back until two minutes left, and then you have to drive the length of the field. You miss on the two-point conversion then. What, what are your options then? You still have to kick the, ox, uh, the onside kick to try to get the ball back with under a minute to go or whatever because – you know, you weren't able to get the ball back right away. That's the reasoning. You need to know that information immediately because if you get, so like they, I mean, they, the guy had the ball in his hands, he dropped it. So, you know, he makes it, you're still, you have a seven point game. You know, it's a, a seven point game. You can, you know, a plan for that, but B, if you miss it, you can plan for that too. Clearly they didn't, they didn't plan for the, what happens if we don't get this? Cause you need to have that in, you know, in your back pocket and understanding, Hey, we should probably get onside kicking this, maybe even surprise onside kick, which they didn't do. Uh, and then you still have to get the ball back anyways. But they didn't even get the ball back. Like, I mean, if they, if that team psyche was broken because they missed on a two-point conversion, I mean, obviously he's failed as a head coach because of that. Um, but then you – I mean, you don't even deserve to win anyways if you let them drive down the field and score, which which is what they did. So, but my thinking, and, and for me, was is essentially the Ravens went a point a minute from you know when they first put points on the board till the end of the game, you know. So to think that they could possibly end up getting two stops, I mean, you're insane. not you're, right. That's why you want you. I mean, thing is, like, you're gonna have to make two and stops. Look, anyways, if Miles if you was there, it. Olivier was there, and and you were playing with your full deck, I kind of get it more. But I mean, look, Brian Cox Jr. God bless his heart. You're, I mean, he's out there running around trying to make things happen, but you're so undermanned in right. To, like, like you. Okay. So, did you want? Do you want to kick the when? So, you want to wait to kick the to go for two and fail and say you fail it? Like, like it doesn't matter if you feel if you fail earlier, you know exactly what you need to do as opposed to failing with under a minute to go in the game. If you fail with under a minute to go in the game, then you're really scrambling. <laughs> My thing is just, just I'm looking out for what's on the field, and if it's hey guys, if you can somehow get a stop here, we're only down eight. 
And look, you know, it still would have taken the rainbow out of the hat. I mean, you know, you're waiting for an Earl Thomas to make a play, a Marlon Humphrey or whatever. There was going to be that time. But my thing is, like, I just – I think you were asking the defense. It's a lot easier to take anybody in a cast of – and look, I mean, some of them – I don't want to use the term scrubs. But it's like, look, guys, this is all I need from you defensively. And it's always supposed to be an offensive team anyway. And that's just kind of where I'm coming from because – and look, Seals Jones should have caught the ball. I totally agree. <laughs> 100% agree. And it was a great two-point play call. My thing is, it, it but you, and a lot so, of it seems moot because Cyber had already shanked an extra point. Right. Like he could have, he could have missed that extra point too. So, because he, he had already missed one and he's missed yeah. four on a year now. And he's, it's not like he's automatic from, from, for an extra Well, and the worst point, part but, was it was the good end that he missed the extra point on. So, you know, and, that was the same end you, he, yep, he just exactly. missed it on from. So, yep. but the thing is like, like, that's the thing is like, if you're, if you're worried about the psyche of your team just falling apart because you, they need, now they need to make two stops instead of one. But even if you have to, like, if let's say you miss it, you're always going to miss that two point conversion, right? Like you've missed it. You missed it then. If you're going to do it, wait to delay it and then miss it later, regardless, you're going to have to have, quote unquote, two stops or an onside kick there. So it's the same outcome. It's just the fact that you're knowing what this information is ahead of time. And if you're a good coach, you've already communicated this with your team. Hey, these are the situations. If we get in this situation, this is what we're doing. So, you know, defense, you're going to have to step up. I get it. Like you're undermanned, but like. You're still going to have to. You, you should have. A. You sh- he should have kicked an extra point. Uh, the two. Uh, sorry, an onside kick there to try to get the ball back. But like, you're going to have to make a stop anyways. And they couldn't even make one stop. Like, you just they have to be be able to play in the moment. Say, hey, we need one stop from you guys. And obviously, they weren't able to do that. Um, and you're. I mean, you're only the only reason why. Like, they're they're just essentially delaying the inevitable of whether or not you know, when to know that information and you just need to be able to know that information as soon as possible. That way you can strategize from that point on, Hey, this is a two possession game because if you're, if you're treating this, say you make the the extra point, if you treat that then as a one possession game. And so it's like, all right, we just need the ball once and you treat it that way. And you get scored. Like I said, with 30 seconds left in the game and you miss it, it was actually a two two possession game because you need you missed that extra, that two point conversion, and then you're still needing the, the onside kick it. So like, there should have been an onside kick after that failed two point attempt. Um, and it's not like it's automatic from a for the PAT too. And and the knowing knowing what you have in front of you is always better than delaying the inevitable and then having having to scramble with under a minute left in the game. And it's just like it's the same thing with when you when you're down four. If you're down fourteen, as opposed to, um, you know, down fourteen, you scored a touchdown to get it within, you know, eight. You go for two to make it within within six, because that's just. I mean, the analytics play out like that. You still need to make a stop or whatever. So it's just you, knowing that information ahead of time is always better. Um, and I get where you're coming from, like the psyche of the teams going like it's going to get shot or whatever oh we have to make two stops now well crap we're screwed well then that's a failure on the head coach well this is where we do agree because i mean you've used terms of failure on the head coach and what good coaches do so this is where we're agreeing without a doubt um and and part of it also comes down to um i've got my offense on the field it's fourth and five 
Um, maybe we're going to go for it. I'm going to take a timeout here as opposed to a delay to, delay of game and still punt it. And this is where we'll roll this one into. John, how – look, and and now there's rumblings of, well, if they look good versus Cincinnati. Look, I didn't agree with if you look good versus Baltimore, which didn't matter because, look, I mean, if Baltimore's the elite of the elite, you're, you have to once this year. Th- that was a positive for Freddie and his current staff. That was a positive. There ain't no freaking way, John, that this can go on anymore. Look, it was Jarvis last week. Last week, it was Odell this week, and this is where I'll give Baker some credit because look, he's losing it in social media because maybe he shouldn't lose it in the locker room. But to a man, there ain't one of these kids in this locker room that look at Freddie and say, "Yeah, he's it." Look, these guys ain't stupid. They've all played at big time programs. They know what a head coach in the NFL looks like. This has got to die. This has got to end. Yeah, it's probably going to end, and I, I don't, I can't really argue for a reason why you should keep him. Um, you know, the numbers don't bear it out. Your the eye test doesn't bear it out. The logic test doesn't bear it out. It's just, you know, all year long there's been mistake after mistake, and if you want him to learn from his mistakes, he had that opportunity in this game, and that was at the end of the of the first half from from the Seattle game you know he he talked about learning from his mistakes there he actually even in the Seattle game he talked about no I would I would do this the same way or whatever so he clearly like you have to have the pulse of your team and you know this can also play into that two-point you know attempt or whatever of knowing the pulse of your team there might be a thing to that knowing hey the psyche of my team will just break if I go for this and we fail so there might be a thing to that. He doesn't have the pulse of the team, especially in that two-minute dri- – you know, the under the two minutes to go in the uh, half. Um, failed that in Seattle, failed it here, uh, has continually failed to understand what works for the team and what doesn't. You know, I put out those stats on the t- in a tweet, you know, last week where when the, when the Browns put out, you know, two wide receiver sets or, or fewer, they're one of the top NFL the teams in the NFL. They have a – a top five offense and success rate. Uh, but when they put three or more wide receivers out on the field, they're a bottom five team in success rate. And, and this is the, in the passing game. So Baker clearly, you know, favors having multiple backs and multiple tight ends. Um, but Freddie continually does not play that, play it to his strengths. So not knowing those, those tendencies. And then all year long, um, you know, defensive defenses have said, we know exactly what they're going to be running. You know, be, they, they have these tendencies and we catch on to them. And, you know, from, you know, everybody, I think, in watching these games under, knows exactly what's going to be coming. There's always going to be a shot play in the beginning of the, of the second quarter, beginning of the half, near midfield, off of play action. Uh, we all, everybody sees those coming. Whenever they, they shout out the a specific type of, audible brown springer it's a outside zone stretch to the right black springer is to the left we've heard that multiple times on audio i mean this is just minor things that you can pick up from from broadcasts you know what are nfl teams able to to decipher uh much more than that and you look at you look at the the hospital ball that baker threw to hilliard that uh, marcus peters basically took out uh hilliard i mean he knew that was coming he immediately knew that was coming he made a beeline for that for that route and and multiple cases of that throughout the season. So like 
was it a quote that Jake Burns put out on Twitter today about you know I don't design plays and whatnot. I mean that's a be- that's a that's a problem. Like there's you absolutely design plays to to beat opponents. You cannot just line up and and impose your will. That's not what like football is about imposing your will. But that's not how you win in the NFL. You've got to be able to to deceive your opponent and trick them into thinking you're going to do one thing and do another thing. And you have to be continually be able to do that. And you're not you're not a Tom Brady. You're not a, a Drew Brees. You're not a Peyton Manning to be able to just essentially line up, have him read the defense, call out multiple different things, and and pick them apart. You can't do that with with a young quarterback who's only in the second year. And and well, you also can't do it when he gets to the line of scrimmage with four seconds to go. That, so. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's just so many failures. So like, I'm I'm rambling here, but like, I I can't That's think the of the thing because really... like even like because last night we were doing the post game, I went through like five mistakes that he made. And that was just yesterday. It was just like five coaching mistakes that he made. It, it was one game. Yeah. And, you know, in, in, in the old adage of if, you know, you think you're normally the smartest man in the room, then guess what? You're probably the biggest idiot in the room, that type of thing. John, Kareem Hunt in the running game. They haven't ever been able to find a flow with that. It seems weird. I mean, look, Kareem Hunt was a, you know, should have been a two-time AFC leading rusher why can't they find something that fits handing the ball to kareem hunt and making something happen in the run game yeah i I think it's again it's an inability to understand the weapons that you have um and to be able to utilize them and and maybe there's something to it that freddie has it and is like oh i want him to get that rushing title or something like that for nick chubb and like nick chubb is a you know great player but like so is kareem hunt and getting him you know, it's not, it's not about, for me, it's just like, you've got to be able to utilize all the weapons that you have. And it's just not, they're not doing that. You know, you look at, you know, the past two games, he only had, Kareem Hunt only has seven carries. Obviously game script kind of dictates that, right? They're down big against Arizona, down big against Baltimore. So he's not going to be getting those types of carries. Like he was earlier where he, had, you know, six, eight, seven, nine, then the previous four weeks, before, you know, before the past two games. But yeah, I mean, he, Kareem Hunt's a guy with the ball in his hands is, is a dynamic player. Um, and it's, again, this is the, I think a failure on this coaching staff to really just utilize another talent properly, just like they've failed failed to kind of utilize OBJ properly and, and Jarvis Landry's. Jarvis Landry's had a great year. I, I will actually, you know, as a second receiver, he's been fantastic. But again, like David Njoku, like what has happened there? Rashard Higgins, all these lots of things like that this year where you just kind of you you, you look at from pre, you know early in preseason you're thinking man how are they going to stop all these things and then it's like you come to week 16 week 17 now and it's like why didn't why didn't the browns use utilize all these weapons and so it's a big big mystery um because because yeah these players are dynamic with the ball in their hands and um they're just not getting the ball and we had talked about this you know it seemed like they had a really nice painter's palette and it's it's none of that now. Um, we're getting short on time here. The Costco's got a dog for Christmas, John. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we got a we adopted a puppy, uh, four months old. Always adopt, always adopt. Go ahead, John. Yeah, and it's he. He was. I, I don't know why the like owners had had him and gave him up or something like that. And hmm. he's the, the sweetest dog. Uh, he's going to be a big, big dog though. He's 30, 30 plus pounds at that age, and uh, he's a 
great Pyrenees German Shepherd mix. So that's going to be a, he's going to be a big, big boy. We still haven't come up with a name. So if anybody has a good name, you know, we, we need help on that, but, uh, He's had a couple of accidents, but he's a, he's a sweet dog. He's very intelligent with, uh, as you know, German shepherds are, are smart dogs. So he's definitely got that, but he's pretty calm and, and, uh, the kids love him. That's all that matters. Um, and they'll find their way. And look, the good thing about pets is this is where you try to, ins- you know, obviously the, uh, you have the older son, but the two young ones find a way to, you know, where instill a little discipline, like, Hey kids, <laughs> the dog needs water, that type of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and it's also, my kids are pretty rambunctious. And so we want, they want a calm dog. They've wanted a calm dog, you know, for a while now. And you teach them, Hey, to be, in order to have a calm dog, you have to be calm because a calm environment creates a calm dog. If, but if you're all crazy and stuff like that, the dog will learn to be crazy. Yes. There's outside dog. There's inside dog. He is John Costco. Make sure you're following at John Costco three. Uh, happy holidays, John, to you and the family. Guys, wish you guys all the best. Um, make sure you follow. Like I said, show itself at Locked On Browns. Always follow back. Uh, DMs are always open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open. Uh, anything you guys need. Um, we'll continue through here the holiday week. Maybe we'll take a show or two off. Everybody enjoy your families. And like I always tell you, um, it's the most important time of the year. Enjoy it and enjoy everybody. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.